Earlier this year, I had the pleasure of uh, going and meeting Oliver and hearing Oliver speak about their project at a book launch in Toronto. And, uh, you know, when I did, uh, it really struck me as these are conversations that have been on my mind for quite some time, but for one reason or another, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't found the right angle or person to participate in them with fully. And uh, after recording this with Oliver the other day, I want to say... I want to say that uh, I think these conversations are tremendously important and continue to be tremendously important. So let's explore uh, gender, race, culture, and and all those other issues um, that are embedded in all of our art and media in the world. And let's discuss them as they relate to our reading cards, the making of cards, and our practices. I'm Andrew McGregor, and with each installation in this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts. Or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes, or catch it on Stitcher Radio or other services along those lines on your smartphones, or wherever you like. So just before we begin today, uh, I also want to mention that uh, Oliver's book, uh, as well as all sorts of uh, amazing tarot decks, both new and harder to find, and all sorts of great stuff are available uh, both at the store in Toronto as well as at thehermitslamp.com. Hit the shop button and you will uh, end up on our online store. And we ship just about everywhere. We carry one of the best selections of uh, Marseille decks around and uh, all sorts of other wonderful stuff. And you know, if you live in uh, the United States or in Europe, uh, our dollar is just uh, doing horrible right now, so it is even more affordable to order from us. So welcome to the next installment of the Hermit's Lamp podcast. I am here today with Oliver Pickle, who has written a fascinating book on tarot. And, uh, you know, the thing that really interested me was uh, when I went and listened to Oliver talk was uh, the conversation centered around uh, ideas of rereading and reinterpreting tarot decks, uh, as well as a lot of ideas around gender and identity uh, and, and other things along those lines. Um, so I, I was really fascinated because these are topics that have been on my mind. You know, people who've listened to the podcast will have run across them here and there. And it's always something that I feel is important to revisit and re-explore how are we representing humanity, how are we relating to humanity, and how do, uh, you know, all these sort of different possibilities of humanness emerge, and how do they live in the cards. So, um, you know, given that maybe some people, or maybe many people haven't heard of you before, Oliver, maybe you can just give us a, a quick introduction to who you are and uh, 
and we can go from there. Okay. Hi, Andrew. Um, I'm a tarot reader and writer and editor and publisher. I live in Montreal. Um, I, uh, I started this book as a after a request from a friend um, and uh, went from there. So this is the first publication that Metonymy Press, my publishing house, has put out. Um, and it's going well. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, maybe let's start by talking about the, the, the project, right? The yeah. premise of this, you know? Um, you had a, your, your friend had a copy of... Uh, it's called Theo, Theos or Theas Tarot? Theas um, or Theas. It's the Greek word for goddess. Uh-huh. Um, but she, the artist pronounce it, pronounces it Thea. It was also the name of her cat at the time. Which <laughs> is awesome. Made it. Yeah. <laughs> the cat features in a lot of the cards as well. Yeah. And, but there was no, there was no literature for it. And so your friend basically asked you, to start writing some stuff that would go with this deck, right? Right. Well, my friend um, Rima Athar was uh, interested in the fact that it didn't have literature to go with it because she felt it made it more open for interpretation, which was which was interesting for her. Mm-hmm. But then she ultimately had used it for a while and wanted some support, I think, um, uh, yeah, doing more in-depth interpretations of the cards because she wasn't extremely familiar with tarot and it was her like most common deck at the time, so her most regularly used deck at the time. So um, she asked me to to write up some descriptions and talk to her about yeah, talk to her about the cards. Mm-hmm. And and so you would sit and look at them and, and write them. You would write from your, your, your ideas from being a reader yourself. Like how, you know, cause I, like I've, you know, I have one book, well, one book out, one book in editing and one mm-hmm. book that I'm writing right now. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of different, you know, yeah. the, the first one I sat and just wrote without even looking at anything. Okay. The, uh, the second one I, uh, I wrote, um, with a lot of thinking, <laughs> you know, yeah. the one that's in editing now. And the third one, I I've sort of have written sitting, looking at the cards and, and so on. So, you know, there's all these different ways to kind of go about pulling that stuff. So I'm curious, where, where did the, how did the ideas unfold? Well, this, this is my first tarot book, so I don't have anything to compare it to like you do. Um, but I, um, it was kind of a combination of the three because um, it was the first one I was able to draw on my kind of my usual or like some, yeah, like my regular interpretations of each card and then build on those based on the like specifics of this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, um, and also at the time it was an extremely personal project. Rima had asked me to write it. She wanted to print like, she wanted to screen print 10 copies or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it wasn't going to be like widely distributed. And so I was just kind of going for it without imagining a public. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I was using the language I would use in readings with, um, with friends. Um, and, and then I was, yeah, I was pulling kind of a card a day and doing a description from there. Um, the description always includes a little, um, 
like a description of the card's imagery because mm -hmm. I was learning them as I went. Um, I, I'd read for her a few times, but I wasn't extremely familiar with the deck. Um, and so I've left those those descriptions in because they're um, they're useful to uh, just like uh, just as an alternative to the actual visuals. Mm -hmm. um, it's also I find really helpful to have you know, especially if people are just starting with something, to have somebody yeah. talk you through the image a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's something that really I find helps orientate people. So yeah, exactly, and also. Um, I, like in those descriptions, I realized later I was doing a bit of, um, I, I mean, it's obviously an interpretation in itself, right? Because I'm familiar with the like kind of uh, the symbolism across sticks mm -hmm. um, for each card. So drawing on that in a broader way and then applying it to those cards was, was something that happened in that process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you started, you know, because in, in the end... Um, you know, the, the approach is pretty radical, you know, I think, you know, um, I'm curious how, how much of that was, was there in the beginning? Like, was that, uh, intention? Is it just an expression of who you are? Is it, you know, how, where does that come from? Um, well, I'm curious what you mean by radical. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So, for instance, right, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff like so most people when they talk about the cards, like especially a lot of material out there is uh, incredibly binary, binarily gendered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, and a lot of um, feminist stuff, feminist mm -hmm. decks or feminist books, um, you know, they they. You know, especially some of the older stuff. the The step they take is they drop men from the deck. Yeah, you know? it's pretty. They they drop men from the writing. Right, yeah. everything becomes she, and so you know, on the one hand, whatever works for people is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, people are going to do their own thing. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, to me, those those approaches always seem really short sighted. You know, because uh, if you really want to sort of take a radical approach to uh, work, working with the tarot. And this is one of the things that I think is really wonderful about your book is, uh, you know, uh, a cis hetero woman could read it, a uh, non-political, you know, but gay person could read it. Like mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no sort of um, concrete identity baked into it it's very open-ended in a way that I think is uh, kind of radical. You know, it kind of goes beyond what I think a lot of people think of, even though it, it doesn't sort of seem radical in the sense of like, you know, flying, flying banners and making statements. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense to you. No, but. no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you interpret it that way. Um, I, uh, I guess the interesting thing about this book is that the deck, as you know, was, um, is a, a woman-centered deck. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time of its making, it was it was part of that movement of feminist decks that featured women, mm -hmm. um, which I think is um, and was at the time like pretty radical in itself, just mm -hmm. to like reject to just to centralize women, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
so I'm not so so the fact that I didn't I didn't read the cards that way doesn't negate the fact that that's like a pretty cool thing that that Ruth West did with the with the deck in the first place. But then um but that's not how I read Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, personally. And let me let me yeah. sort of say like I think that historically in contexts, you know, yeah. the deck and and stuff that came out, you know, this was out in the seventies, is it right? It's, Something like that. Well, she started uh, doing the work for it in yeah nineteen eighty, so it okay, was so released in mid eighties. Yeah, you know, but like I think but, that yeah. that stuff is certainly important. And like I said, I mean, I certainly know people. You know, I mean, like I. I sell a lot of decks at my store, right? And so, you know, people come in and they, some people want a deck that's only women or some people only yeah. want a deck that's only this or that. And, you yeah. know, like, let's, let me be clear that I think whatever works for people is, is totally. just fine, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that those decks and, and some of the books that I'm thinking about were historically significant, but kind of they're like many things that were radical at one point, they, their radicalness becomes, you know, normalized and yeah. and then we can see where we might go from there to become more inclusive and respectful and, and other things. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, so my interpretations, as you said, are, um, well, I, I didn't gender a lot of the cards. There were a couple that Ruth specifically requested be, um, female, mm-hmm. um, or to use female pronouns for, um, but, um, and then I, and then I, so I did use, uh, she and her for a lot of the descriptions and then I used gender neutral pronouns for a lot. I didn't, um, I didn't use any male pronouns throughout, which I'm sure some people would interpret as still a kind of, um, rejection of, <laughs> Uh, men, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fine. I think that's still like a relevant um, reading. But um, it, so because the idea was that I was still trying to centralize like um, yeah, marginal genders, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, those aren't just uh, like cis women. Um, so... Yeah, so I just I I looked at the I I when I talked to Rima initially about it, she was like, "Just go with your gut." Like she didn't want I she, I'd asked her if she wanted to like suggest or if we wanted to go through the deck and choose genders for every, all of the images mm-hmm. because they're mostly like single person images. So like you could, um, a lot of them are naked. Like there's like all these ways that you could like be like this is uh, what, whatever. But, um, but she was like, uh, just leave it open, just try it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So I just kind of, I didn't do it systematically in any way. Um, and, and then I guess the larger thing you're talking about is that I, um, within the interpretations, I tried to leave room like I do in my in-person readings for, um, for like not imagining a sex, like not, uh, like not pinpointing a sexual or gender identity for the person I'm speaking to, so that I can, so that they can like do their interpretation for themselves within their parameters, whatever those are. Um, mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's problematic, right? To presume that you know who who's in front of you and who they're interested in and, and what language they use around that. And, you know, as, as you were talking about um, choosing the, uh, the, the, pronouns or possibly like considering, you know, in my mind, yeah. I was like, you know, you, you could also make like a wheel of pronouns and spin them and just be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, and you know, we're going with, uh, with Z for this one and they, and you know, like mm-hmm. whatever, I think that'd be, um, you know, not really relevant to the project, but kind of an amusing idea in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I could have done something, um, more actively random like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, curious how you got to talking to the deck creator about it where how did that step happen um okay so basically a lot of people still um believe seem to believe or find that this deck is out of print because it is um but the artist does still have copies of the original printing deck um so Rima wasn't able to find it initially. So she, she ended up, tra- it took her years, probably not like <laughs> she wasn't looking that entire time, but it took her a while to track down the artist and she got in touch with Ruth West directly to ask for a copy, um, a copy of it. Cause she couldn't find it anywhere else. It's hard to find on like, I don't know, tarot sites or sure. yeah. Etsy or whatever. Um, so so she was in touch with Ruth first, um, and, and, um, got the deck and then I think probably thanked her and wasn't in touch for a while. But then when we started, um, working on this as a bigger project, she got back in touch with Ruth to start the permissions process mm-hmm. for us. Um, and that's when she had a series of Skype conversations that are recorded, um, or transcribed in pieces in the forward to this book. So that, cause we had questions for Ruth, but because Rima was the one that, um, sorry, my co-publisher and I, Ashley Fortier had questions for Ruth that, um, yeah, because Rima was like already acquainted with her, we were passing these on and, um, uh, sort of getting more, uh, more context for like, for her process and the, the, the like tarot scene at the time of its Mm -hmm. making. Um, So all those conversations happened. And then um, we've, we started talking to her ourselves um, uh, so that she could look over like final drafts um, and the proof and stuff just to make sure she, she didn't want anything changed. Um, uh, and then in June this year, we had her, we finally met her, I think it was June. Yeah. She came up to Montreal and we had her do a little talk at a local venue Mm -hmm. about her, about the history of the deck and her, um, art making now. Yeah. And she brought up, sorry. No, go ahead. She, um. She brought us some of the original, well, maybe not exactly from this deck, but she was doing, she did the whole deck in paper cuts, sort of like stencils, and um, 
she brought a bunch of paper cuts that she had, like giant full-size paper cuts that she had made at the time for us as gifts, which was really nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like she she was was open to it and obviously like engaged in it, but I'm curious how uh, how she received it at the beginning. You know, how how was the start of that process? Was there resistance? Was there sticking points along the way? Like like you said, that uh, she insisted on certain certain couple of cards having specific gender. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm curious how that how that flowed. Well, I think originally she um, uh, she she was pretty. I mean, I guess the larger context for it for her is that it's like really not her project anymore. She made it when she was, I mean, it it is, but she made it when she, it's like really from a different time. She made it when she was in her early 20s and she's, um, and that was in the early 80s. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's moved on. She's like, this is not what I'm doing with my life. This mm. is like, I don't read tarot like this was like a nice project at the time, but it's not like something that's central for her in any way. So she was like pretty, she was um, happy to like, to have us use it, but she wasn't like that engaged because she wasn't thinking about it a lot herself. You know, Mm. she wasn't like, Oh, this is a really interesting thing that I want to keep talking about because I I was, you know? Um, uh, So, then during conversations about some of the cards or about the deck or like when the book started to take shape, um, she's, I'd say she's overall, she, she's expressed appreciation for it. She likes the write-ups. She likes the style. Mm -hmm. She's, um, she likes the book. Um, but I, there have been, um, we have had some like tension around uh, gender stuff that I think is more generationally based, which she hates when I say because she doesn't want me to make her feel old. Sure, she does, right? <laughs> but I, you know, like it is a different time. Like I came of age in the early two thousands, which is was like a totally different time in terms of feminist and queer history. Mm-hmm. Then was the early eighties. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. You know, I, I it it always intrigues me when uh, when I hear that people sort of have stepped back or stepped away from the tarot world. You know, and I'm I'm always like, you know, number one because I can't imagine. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and and. You know, and I'm always I'm always sort of fascinated with that. You know, there's a number of people that I've reached out to to be on the podcast and stuff. Um, you know, I reached out to Stevie Postman, who did the Cosmic Tribe Tarot, and you know, he's very nice. He wrote back. He goes, "Yeah, I don't really do that stuff anymore, so mm-hmm. I don't really know what I'd have to say. So thanks, but no thanks." And I was like, "Well, fair enough, but you know, interesting. You know, very mm-hmm. interesting." So, well, yeah, it seems like it's when we talked more and more with Ruth, it did seem like it was more of an art project for her than like a practice, right? Like she, Mm -hmm. she, um, it was like an interesting project for her because it's so, I mean, there are so many cards, right? So it's like, it's such a kind of 
long series to do as an artist, especially if you're doing, she was doing some pretty intricate art, uh, mm-hmm. like a, an intricate style of art for it. So it was like laborious and um, probably repetitive. Uh, so, but I, but again, she, when I asked her if she wanted to do a reading for me, when she came up, she was like, well, I don't do that. Like I just made the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's continued. She, she's, she considers herself a visual artist and not much of a, a writer. So she would have never written something to go with it. And she has continued on to do projects that have nothing to do with tarot, right? She's a digital artist now. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she does yeah. a lot of photography. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if you were, I have two questions for you to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. I hope Uh-oh. it's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe they're the same question, just put differently. I'm curious if you were making a deck, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and if, if people, uh, you know, when people buy your book and they should definitely go and get your book. Um, you know, you can see all the artwork in it and stuff like that. But I'm curious, what, what, how would you choose to represent ideas? Are there, are there, you know, ideas that have emerged for you that about what you might like to see in a deck? That's kind of a, another step in, in, in along the direction that, you know, that starts with, with this deck and follows up with your book and might go somewhere from there. Um, well, I guess unlike Ruth, I'm, I, I don't think of things in images very much, so I can't actually imagine myself producing, um, like producing the art for a tarot deck. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you were saying before, like, I think that the beauty in a lot of ways of tarot is that there is such a, like there are so many decks you can choose from that you, that people like within their communities or like within um, like from their own context can create, um, can create decks that make sense for them, which I think is so, so nice. Like, and I can't imagine like, and so like me creating when, I wouldn't want to like create a like general audience when, you know, cause mm-hmm. I think people do choose them based on, um, their needs. Right. Um, but I actually like, I think that this, that, uh, this deck Theo's tarot is like, um, going in the right direction in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, um a lot of the the like problems that i find and that other people talk about with other tarot decks is that they're like so white and they're so um everybody's like all of the figures are like whatever like skinny and white and like uh traditionally gendered mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and this deck kind of flies in the face of <clears throat> those things among others um so i think that's like I think, I think that's like, I know that was Ruth's intention and I think that's, um, that's like a great direction to be going in, in terms of art production and also like trying to speak to, to more people with your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's lots of, uh, 
there's plenty of like decks out there of you know essentially bikini clad you know women yeah you know and, and like muscly hero men which is yeah know, yeah i have the gay tarot which is the which is like a all an all male deck mm-hmm. from italy or whatever maybe also maybe 90s actually it looks pretty 90s yeah. um <laughs> and it's so like classically buff guys <laughs> it's like it's pretty wild they all look the same yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, you know, and, and I, I guess the other question that I have for you is, you know, different, different people have taken different runs at, uh, you know, revisioning the court card structure, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's something that certainly happens in, in, you know, in this deck, you know, mm-hmm. personally for, you know, for me, I find the, the title Amazon, which is given to one of them, you know, a kind of inaccessible, you know, to me, it's a, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, as soon as I hit that, I'm just like, I just don't really know what to do with that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if you have ideas about how, how you might, you know, consider that structure or represent that structure differently. Um, yeah, well, I like, I'm trying to remember actually, um, the, The structure of the collective tarot's um, court cards, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I can't remember all of them at this moment. Their mentor is the equivalent to king, and then artist is the queen, and then I've forgotten the other two. But yeah, they take away the um, the like royal aspects. <laughs> And they also take away the gender, which is mm-hmm. nice. And I agree about the Amazon in this deck. It definitely wouldn't have been my choice. It's like a reference to a particular, um, it doesn't feel like, an, yeah, it doesn't, well, I, I mean, I kind of understand the association in that it's like, it's the equivalent to knight. So there's a warrior mm-hmm. connotation, but um, I think even just like, if you were looking for that connotation warrior <laughs> itself could be more mm-hmm. um accessible as you said yeah yeah but you know it's uh like you like you said earlier not every deck needs to serve every community mm-hmm. you know and well things, and sorry, well, I was to say and things that feel um you know powerful and and correct in a certain point in time you know mm-hmm. who's to say 20 years from now, we'll look back on this conversation and be like, oh man, I can't believe I said that. You, know? you just never know, right? And that's, that's the, we have to yeah. give ourselves and everyone else the space for that too, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Um, and to a large extent, that's what this project has been about for us is like trying to have those conversations and being respectful without, um, without denying our own preferences or uh, politics. But the other thing about this deck is that um, it was in itself based on somebody else's work. She um, did the images based on descriptions by somebody named Billy Potts, I believe, who'd written um, a new am. I think it was a new Amazon tarot. Um, a new women's tarot, sorry. That so, and that was the, that was the, those were the descriptions that she'd 
um, based the cards on and then like based, uh, like named the court cards after basically. So that was like already somebody else's choices within that context. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. That, that stuff gets around, right? Like, you know, there, there's, yeah, you know, you go, you, you scroll backwards through the years and there, there are different things that emerge and recede as, mm-hmm. as ideas and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, I, I'm making uh, a deck right now. I'm making uh, an Orisha-themed oh, yeah? deck okay. that, that explores the sort of uh, Afro-Cuban tradition, which I'm involved in. And um, and I've sort of been been exploring, you know, something that, that you see in, like, in the deck you were talking about in the collective deck and, mm-hmm. you know, in, like, the Guy and Tara and some of those other things where, you know, the each of the court cards, what I'm sort of exploring is each of the court cards will be more like a role that happens within the practice. And so the, the, the formerly Kings will be things that are elders or, you know, roles that require immense experience, you know, and, and and prolonged commitment. And the, you know, the more page like energies will be more, um, you know, people, people who are, uh, coming into the community or maybe even just slightly outside of the community. And then in between various sort of, um, you know, uh, almost more like, uh, ceremonial or functional roles within the community that, yeah. that are sort of tied to levels of experience or other kind of particular markers and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of going through and shuffling out the, the gender limits that, you know, are usually laid on those kind of positions so that mm-hmm. they can be, so they can be as varied as they actually can be in life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's exciting that you're making that. When do you? <laughs> I don't even when? ask. I don't gonna... even that's fine. That's fine. You're working on it. I'm, I, I am. Uh, I am. I am making sketches at this point. Okay. That's where I'm okay. at. I'm sorting out yeah. the the process and uh, and and sorting out my ideas and yeah. So I'm I'm in that stage of of creating it. I haven't oh, made yeah. I haven't made any finished art at this point. Um, but I am kind of drawing continuously these days on it and, uh, we'll see. It's, it's getting towards a place where I'm starting to be ready to share and I've sort of got the, the style nailed down. So, you know, now it's just kind of flushing out concepts and ideas and stuff like that. So these things take years, like Ruth took four years to finish this one that you've heard of the one coming into the South, the slow hauler deck it's a collective deck mm-hmm. but they had to do some some fundraising to get the final cards finished it takes so yeah much work and i talked to christy road do you know her art no um she's an artist living in uh brooklyn i think uh-huh. um and like about five years ago about her deck that she was starting and I finally started to see her posting the, the images mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. she's been making for it. So it's like taking, takes years. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you yeah. know, it, I mean, it depends on your process. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a majors only deck three years ago, two years ago, a while ago. Um, okay. And they were all just black and white line work. Yeah. And and I did the whole thing from from start to publish in six months. Wow! But that's only like that's less than you know a third of the actual yeah, deck, that's... and the the, um, the the artwork was not time consuming 
in, in the way in which yeah. many other processes might be because it was all digital line work, right? So just, uh, right. just black line, no grays, no nothing, just yeah. Yeah, very sketchy, not sketchy, very, mm -hmm. very sort of calligraphy. -y. Um, so I redrew things many times and that took time, but I would sit down and sometimes get a card done in the first hour. I'd be like, Oh, that's exactly, those lines are just perfect done, you know? And then there'd be other ones that I just go back to again and again and again and again and again and again until finally I got the, the stroke just right and so on. But yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So. How, do, how does this stuff intersect with your readings in the world? Because you're also a tarot reader, which is, you know, like you, do you read for a lot of, do you read for, I mean, I would assume you read for everybody in a certain way, but do you serve a queer community a lot? Is there a lot of sort of ways in which this work and, and your approach around this work is also reflected in your reading practice, you know, beyond just sort of, not naming the genders of who you see in the cards for people? Uh, yeah, definitely. So there's, I mean, I think the way I read informed the writing more than vice versa. I don't actually mm -hmm. obviously use my own book that much to do interpretations. <laughs> Just a second. What, what did I say? Uh, page 42. Look it up. Remind me. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I've drawn a lot from, other from um like tarot experts or whatever work mm -hmm. uh, but um mainly one of the main one of my main influences is the is 78 degrees of wisdom the rachel polak mm -hmm. um and uh, but i mean she draws on a lot of traditions that i'm less familiar with so i um but I think starts to do the thing that I appreciate about tarot reading, which is like leaving room for, um, I mean, I don't usually use the term free will, but like um, self-determination and autonomy within, um, like within a trajectory. So like, um, and I think that's the broader like structure in which the like gender fluidity comes in where people um, can, like I'll talk to people and let them respond to me and then mirror their language or whatever, mm -hmm. like they're, and then let them, I mean, that's how a lot of tarot readers work, like having um, the querent do a lot of their own interpretation and then building from there. Mm -hmm. um, so just like making as much room for that as possible, I think like, so that you're not like imposing a, random framework on somebody else's life that might just not be applicable um beyond gender like just in a lot of ways yeah sure yeah it's always um it's always an interesting line for me that that pro that sort of place of um you know, I, don't, I don't know if people come to you in this way or not i i think they i think we all, all readers get a certain amount of this you know they're like well, I know I have free will, but please just tell me what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I know I have free will, but please tell me what I want, you know? And, and like, you know, it, it's yeah. yeah, it's always kind of an interesting line, right? And that mm -hmm. that element of us having great, tremendous say 
in determining what we could do or not do. Yeah. And I'm pretty averse to that. Like I'm, <laughs> I think if I was like a trained, if I was like a therapist as well or something, which I'm not, I would be more actively, I'm, well, I maybe would be more actively like trying to, um, therapize or direct, but I, I'm not interested in doing that because I don't feel qualified to, but I also think that the tarot can like kind of only go so, not that it can only go so far, but that people do, it is like mainly up to people to determine their own lives based on like what the cards are saying and they don't, they're not going to, yeah, you can't be like ordered around by them, for example, or like Mm -hmm. give direction if you aren't going to like choose it. Yeah. Well, and even if you could order people around, which I think, I think is both a possible in the dynamic and B, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're more on the predictive end of approaches to cards that you certainly can. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that it's such a, depending on the person and why they're asking really sort of, you know, determines whether I think those answers are fruitful or not, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. That's awesome. Well, where can people find you if they want to like read up more about the project? I mean, we have the book in the store and online at the shop, but you know, where, where are you hanging it online? If people want to come find you or if they're in Montreal and they want to maybe get a reading or what have you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, most of the contact information that would be useful is on, uh, metonymypress.com so metonymy is <laughs> um, m-e-t-o-n-y-m-y it's also one of my favorite words <laughs> my favorite ideas you yeah. Know? yeah I really like you know what will, will you share because uh, you know, it's a word that I use sometimes that I find people don't often know what it means so yeah it's one of those confusing ones that's actually kind of hard to explain which is a problem for us um <laughs> But it's when you, it's when basically uh, a part stands in for the whole. So um, the printing press is actually, or the the term press for a publishing house is a metonym, um, where the press that the actual press that you create text on becomes a stand-in for the whole process of publishing. So that's the that's the easiest example. Another, yeah. Yeah, yeah I always think of it as um, you know. You know, there's like, uh, you know, metaphor is where we use one sort of situation to try and describe another situation. Mm-hmm. And metonymy is more, uh, far more open-ended, you know, because it, it, once you start down the line of things it like you say, it stands for the whole, it stands for sort of like a line or a web of things that all fit together mm-hmm. to, to represent that thing that the word or idea expresses. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for making time and and being Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Nice talking to you. Yeah, it's (laughs) been my pleasure. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, participating. And for those people who uh, have responded from past episodes in one way or another, um, please keep it up. I really do enjoy it. And I see these podcasts, uh, both as a conversation with obviously with the people who are on the recordings, 
Um, but I also see it as a conversation with the community uh, and the tarot world in a bigger sense. Uh, and I would love to continue to engage with people around that. So, you know, if you're inspired or put off or, you know, what have you, um, if you have questions, you know, if there's somebody you'd like to hear talk on these topics, even if you don't feel like you've got something specifically to say, um, let me know because uh, I really do enjoy the feedback and being in dialogue with everyone. Be well. Talk to you soon.